Welcome to Cups and Cakes Presents Inside the Artist Studio. The interview you're about to hear was originally recorded on October 26, 2017. To find out more about Cups and Cakes, visit them at cupsandcakespod.com. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. What you're about to hear may contain filthy language and adult content. Listener discretion is advised. My name is Jeff McCallum. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Inside the Artist Studio. Blessed make music that could easily be described as post-punk, but that wouldn't truly deliver the whole picture. This four-piece mashes up many different elements to get their complex sound. Their latest EP, entitled 2, was released at the end of April 2017 to positive reviews from virtually everyone. We here at Cups and Cakes love this EP so much that it came in at number one on our best of list for 2017. Joining me today on Cups and Cakes is Blessed. Uh, let's start by intros, and basically who you are and what do you play so people can get to know your voices. Uh, my name is Drew and I play guitar and I sing for the project. Uh, I'm Ruby and I play guitar. I'm Mitchell and I play bass. Sweet. Your second release entitled 2 is quite a bit different than your first EP. To what do you attribute this evolution? To me, the evolution of the music with Blessed stemmed from the fact that when we started the band, we didn't want to have limitations on what we created. And everyone in the band comes from a very different background in terms of our previous projects and what we were doing. And a good example of that is that Mitch had a project that had like a kind of strokes edge to it mm-hmm. uh, with like kind of pop sensibilities and some of the writing and also played in a band with our drummer Jake that was very like Ty Siegel, the OCs, very long form garagey kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Ruben played in a pop punk band and uh, Ruben and I also played in a post hardcore band for a long time. So yeah. I think we were coming together as four people who wanted to create something where in other projects you can feel a sort of limitation to like, we're a garage band, Mm -hmm. Uh, we do this, we do that. And when we started Blast, it was kind of just like, we're just going to write whatever we want. Yeah. And, you know, uh, we're fans of a band like the Constantines, but we're also fans of bands like Wire. So we were like what would stop us from putting a project together that combines those loves and i think sometimes uh you know i i understand that it's eclectic but i i find that it just keeps it artistically interesting and it keep makes it so that when we're writing and making records uh it just gives us a lot to work with Mm -hmm. and uh, we don't feel like a limitation uh if anything when we were writing for the full length that we're going to record I think we were struggling more to find on our... We had everything on a whiteboard, and we were like, what is this missing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, what, what have we not tried to conquer yeah. yet? But that's how I see it. When I'm sitting... When, when we were writing, I was never asking myself, does this fit us? It was more just, does... 
are, are we comfortable with what we're playing? Like, yeah. We like to be uncomfortable too, even with what we do. We we try things just to just to see yeah. if we like it or not. Uh, we spent a, a lot of time just working on everything for this record in terms of parts individually and together. There's a general rule in the jam space when we're writing, which is uh, if somebody brings an idea up, you're not allowed to ixnay it yeah. until we've learned it yeah. and played it through. That is cool. And like, so like, even if somebody comes up with an idea that everyone else is like, that does not make sense to me, we still figure the part out, yeah. play the song through with that format that the person suggested, and then talk about it after. So we don't 86 anything yeah. without um, playing it. So we play every idea through. It really makes a lot of sense now when you listen to two from start to finish because there are a lot of sounds being thrown around there, a lot of different ideas. It, I think it's what makes the EP so special. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. So uh, since we're talking about two right now, what are the necessary details surrounding the writing, recording, and release of it? The songs on two are actually super old yeah like date back to the first tour we did across canada oh really and uh we've just always been very particular with what we release mm -hmm. and so it, the rollout for songs has been so slow and we were joking the other day when we were driving to calgary because we decided in the van, we were like, oh, I have all these old demos on my phone of all these songs we've never used. And we have eight songs out. Yeah. And we have an eight-song full length that we're going to record. And uh, so that's 16 songs. And then I looked at my uh, iPod, and I had 56 demos on it. <laughs> and we just started listening to them all, and we were laughing because we were like, holy, we have enough material to put out three records yeah so with two some of those songs were just like our favorite that we didn't get a chance to record yeah uh and we wanted to just spend a lot of time with that's how i recollect it at the very least you look like you might want to say something towards it i think it was more i don't know for me two was the first time where i was really writing with the band because there was a bassist uh before me yeah and I I felt like it was where we all really became comfortable with expressing every idea and having that method of trying everyone's ideas and yeah. and having that like that structure to our practices so that we were efficient with everyone's ideas but also you know not compromising the songs in any way mm -hmm. and uh, yeah it's tough to think back because we wrote that like. Two years ago, yeah. two probably, years ago. we wrote all those songs two years ago. By the time we were doing the EP release tour for EP2, the songs were so old already that it like it was just second nature to play them already. Yeah. Um, so who did you use to record it and, and all that good stuff, or did you guys do that on your own? The drums were recorded at Rain City yeah. uh, with uh, Curtis Buckle who's a recording engineer there who's he who has he worked with like he did the open letters records he did leveler and just a couple of, he works with a lot of hardcore bands yeah to be honest yeah um but then his schedule ended up getting uh flipped around but we had all this studio time book that he wasn't available for yeah and 
an intern named Mark McKittrick, who's like a metalhead, came in, and I'm sure he wouldn't hold any gumption with me saying this. We essentially recorded it at Rain City with an engineer, and we kind of just self-produced it at Rain City. Like We were originally intending to do it with Curtis, kind of having a little more input, and Mark being an intern was pretty just like hands off and didn't touch anything and kind of left us to our own devices. Okay, yeah. But we'd also booked this kind of ample amount of time so that we would be able to play around. So it was a really good experience. I mean, all of us have experience in a studio and know the jargon and everything like that to get around. Like, I think we're just lacking the equipment to do it on our own a lot of the time. Yeah. Because we've explored the idea for the next full length of renting an airbnb somewhere and just taking a month to record it on our own that'd so, be super cool yeah but then uh once it was done being recorded uh, ruben and i since we were like 13 14 years old have been in love with jesse gander's records mm-hmm. for me the records he did that i love are like varge this amazing band from sudbury wpp he did mm-hmm. um uh, so we'd always wanted to work with him and we just sent him an email in the middle of recording cause he works at rain city as well. And we were like, Hey, just by any chance do you have free time to mix this record? Yeah. And, um, he agreed to it right away. Sweet. I don't want to be too up our own ass on this, but it was really flattering cause he emailed us back and he was like, these songs are really good and this has been really fun to mix. And I was like, you've no idea how much that means coming from a guy like you. Like it was just like, it was a very positive experience and I was very happy with like how everything came out. And then, uh, we sent it to get mastered, uh, by a guy in Brooklyn who worked on like the last LCD sound system record. Cool. So we kind of talked about how the album has a bunch of different genres and styles kind of seeping through it. It makes me curious about some of the musical influences that might have, you know, sparked some of these ideas. Do we want to keep it specific to EP2? Because I think we could. Yeah, sure. If you could, go for it. For myself, there's a band from Victoria called Freak Heat Waves that I absolutely love. And I was listening to a ton of that record Yeah. when we recorded to, like, their new record... What's it called? Bonnie's State of Mind is like incredible. Another very diverse record. I think just not even influenced from sound because the records don't necessarily sound alike, but just like the influence of here's this 12 track record that is so diverse and sprawling, but yeah. at the same time feels like a record to me. Like, yeah. I think it's just took influence in that way. That's one band that was huge for me with when we were recording too. Starting with EP2, that's when I started listening to Pile a lot more. Okay. And it's kind of been more of an influence, I think, like, with more recent writing for me, but it definitely started with EP2. Cool. I was listening to, I think, a lot of Deerhoof. Oh, nice. The, the one with, like, magic in the title. I can't remember. I think it was the new record that came out that year. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Was like their newest I was one. listening to that one, and then... Um, Another one, it was like Deerhoof versus Evil, I think. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. listening to those two quite a bit. Uh, Bart, I was listening to a lot. Yeah, amazing, yeah. amazing Toronto band. Yeah. 
I mean, television. Yeah. Television, yeah. I mean, forever and always, I think, like, no matter what our records sound like, you're always going to hear an inkling of television because I think it's the one band that everyone in Blessed has an affinity for. I was expecting that to be the first name that came out of your mouth when you, like, it's hard not to hear television in yeah. EP2. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's not even television in terms of Marky Moon. I think it's television in terms of like the lineage of bands like women having mm. television influence. Like they've just, I feel like they've touched so many like guitar player bands in yeah. a really interesting way that like, I just think that lineage of bands even that have that television influence is like, but I mean, it starts there yeah. for me. Yeah. And like, I think that's just a record that like, we in the van usually just all put our own headphones in. Yeah. We don't listen to music as a band really. Yeah. But I think if we put on Marky Moon, everyone could sit there and just <laughs> vibe it. <laughs> nice. You guys have added a fifth member to the band. Tell us about this decision and how Matt McKean fits into the blessed dynamic. Drew and I, uh, in our last band, we we played a lot with uh, Flint, which was uh, Matt's old band. Okay. And we've done, like, we did small tour with them, and, like, basically any time we came through, we would always hang out. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Then, you know, as time passed, you know, he, he went to school for music production and uh, he uh, expressed interest in moving to Vancouver and, like, we wanted to expand our sound sonically and, like, I think it just kind of came to a certain point where it just made sense to ask him, at least, to jam with us. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, the first jam, like... You know, at my place that we had, like, basically we just we just all knew that it made sense. Like nice. the, the second he started playing with us. Yeah. Another thing is like, at the ver the third track in two, we introduced synths and a drum machine. Yeah. For the first time in our music, because everyone in the band has an interest in electronic music, but then. Uh, we were kind of fiddling around with it and realized, like, at least personally, I was like, I kind of have a limited knowledge in this. And in order to forward the band at the momentum, which we'd like to, mm-hmm. uh, that learning curve could definitely hinder us. Yeah. And Matt is very proficient yeah. with it. And it also seemed like a, just a logical step in terms of, like, not only had we talked about having a fifth member, but he just had a knowledge that we kind of lacked in a way that it was just kind of like, I think that was part of the reason that the key fit in the lock too. It's just yeah. like, I think there's just multiple bumps in that key that, you know, it just yeah. fit right into the lock. It was like perfect. It was like, he's kind of introducing a bunch of stuff that I think made the project a lot better. We played our first show with him last night. Oh, really? Yeah. He hadn't, we didn't do a hometown show with him. Oh, okay. We, we, we did our first show with him in Calgary last night and, I think it went uh, really good. I was like super stoked. Nice. Rumor has it you've recorded a follow-up to last year's release, and well, I guess we've already talked we've about it. it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what kind of details can you give us about this, other than what we know so far that it's a full-length, eight songs? Who did you record it with? I guess to start. Uh, the record is being recorded with Jace Lasik 
who's a recording engineer in Montreal out of Break Glass Studios and the tour uh, the tour that we're on right now yeah <laughs> it's weird because this is going to come, come out, out in February, February yeah. yeah it's kind of hard uh, the tour for fall and winter of 2017 yeah. is scheduled around uh, recording in the middle of it okay. so we're currently doing two weeks on the way to Montreal yeah. and then we spend two weeks in Montreal recording and then we do a month through the state's home oh okay um but yeah uh jace is somebody who i used to play in a project and last time we were in montreal they were recording with him Mm -hmm. the drummer blessed and myself stopped by the studio that uh they were recording at and met jace and uh the guys in the my old project left the room Mm -hmm. and jake and i were sitting on a couch at the back of the control room and jace was mixing and we were watching him mix this snare drum. Yeah. And he was just endlessly tweaking it and being like, oh, it still doesn't fit. It's still <laughs> and I was just, we were watching him work and I was like, this guy is like detail yeah. oriented. Like, this is wild. And like, so I, that kind of planted the seed for us uh, recording with him, at least for myself. And uh, we threw a couple engineers' names around. Yeah. And I think it was just a process of elimination in terms of one of the people who was at the top of our list said yes, and then financially it just wasn't feasible. Oh, okay, yeah. And uh, I don't want to make it seem like Jace was second best or anything. Yeah. But we just had this list, and then we went to Jace, and we started talking, and and then we started bringing up, like, Oh, what are the records that he's worked on? And Soons for us is a big influence. Yeah. And he worked on the majority of the Soons records. Cool. And he did Wolf Parade, Apologies to Queen Mary, that's yeah. him. He did the Two Land of Talk records. Yeah. At least personally, I was looking at his list of credits and the the variety of what he's done and watching him work. I was kind of yeah. like let's try something new like let's just go out there and record with him and see what he does with it so uh i'm excited yeah i'm excited to see what he does with it but the most that we can say at this point really is uh, you have something you want to say go yeah i think it was the general excitement that he felt from it too from when we first emailed him cool and from when we met him uh that really helped us go with him yeah he he, he seemed like he was into like he would be invested in the in, in the project and yeah. it would just be something he was recording just by how he was talking in the emails and stuff yeah it was like a that. very it was a very enthusiastic response yeah. from him via yeah. email that's always super helpful yeah that yeah i forgot about that that was definitely like one of the clinchers was him sending back a really enthusiastic email being like i would love to do this this cool. sounds really good i like the last ep like it was like it was good nice. yeah Okay, uh, last question before we get into the rapid fire. What does 2018 have in store for Blessed? Mm, Everything that we say right now, disclaimer, (laughs) is so tentative because we're just waiting on everything. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, we're just currently, this tour is the middle of a waiting game for us okay so south by southwest is tentatively the only north american dates we'll do next next year so we'll probably only go down we'll probably just do like portland 
Los Angeles, San Diego, Texas, and Phoenix or something. Yeah. Mitch is back in school for the first semester. And then uh, we're going to the UK for two weeks in May for the first time. Nice. Which is what I think everyone's like kind of looking forward to next year. I bet, yeah. But then... Uh, we're kind of just sitting and waiting on uh, the record, like at this point has a six month range of when we think it could come out. Yeah. So we're like, uh, <laughs> we're, we're essentially at a stage where we can't really make concrete plans because yeah. we're waiting on a bunch of ends to tie themselves together to just see where the record's coming out, Yeah. when is the record coming out. But we can plan far enough ahead to the point that all we know is when the record does come out, we want to play 200 shows for it. That is like the whoa. That is like the goal is 200. Wow. Once it comes out, that so is a lot of shows. Tonight in Edmonton, since this band's inception, is show 173. We keep track of it, and we've been a band for two and a half years playing live. Yeah. And. Tonight's 173. Yes, last year we did 86. Yeah. And this year we should be about the same. Yeah. I think so. Uh, at the end of this tour. So. We just kind of know what we're going to do when the record comes out. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. It's, yeah, it's so, safe to say that uh, everybody will be able to see you play pretty much yeah. if you're planning 200 shows. If you live within a hundred miles of any major city yeah. in North America, yeah. you will a hundred percent be able to see us. That is live. so cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we've already been working on it in the sense of like just playing all these cities. We've yeah. been playing a lot of small towns in the States and stuff like that too. Just like, cause we're from a small town. We're from Abbotsford, mm-hmm. not Vancouver, but yeah, we're just like essentially 2018 is a mist. Mm. It's a mist that we can see some mountains in the distance, but uh, we got to see how tall they are. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I guess it's a, a mist to the public viewer of Bless. Yeah. To the to the to the members of it. Yeah. Like we're still gonna be working. Like being in a band. It's 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 about you know it's about playing music and for sure all that but to do that there's some stuff that you have to do behind the scenes to get it all together uh, just just like tidying up seeing looking at numbers I guess from from playing all these shows and yeah seeing seeing I don't know what we need to do to be prepared for our next release so yeah. that we can. You know, we're all make pretty sure everyone like, sees us and that wants to see us and stuff like that. We're all pretty like tame and mild mannered and just like want to be prepared and like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I I think not to say that there isn't the portion of tour where we go out at night with friends and yeah. have fun, but it's like there's definitely a very weird side of the band that is so anti the image of like what people perceive as being in a band like it's sitting at a coffee shop in pittsburgh (laughs) trying to see where you're at with like what am i doing where are we and financially what's going on and like where am i like you know what i mean like it's just a it's a weird dynamic and it's a weird like the I don't know that I would call being responsible weird. I I, yeah. I don't know. I maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm maybe I'm weird too. I think I think the quantitative <laughs> side of being in a band is very grounding to us. Yeah. So we like to look at it a lot. <laughs> uh, 
just like I don't know like for instance our show last night in Calgary um, we keep track of like all of our merch sales and stuff like that we yeah. sold eight items and that was that's really grounding it's like okay that's really nice that's good you know and, and stuff like that I think like not the specific selling of items but just like knowing where we are like knowing how many kilometers we drove yesterday yeah. and stuff like that I think it's all very grounding to all of us yeah there's just a weird thing when you can look at the numbers and see what you're doing and kind of like like because like I think touring and everything like that can become so existential so fast and mm-hmm. like when we left on this tour the thing that I said was like touring is something that I feel so lucky to have the privilege of doing yeah but it's also one of the most existential and just like sometimes anxiety ridden like things you're doing so I think just having something like you were saying to quantify like oh that's what I did today like yeah, 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 I yeah. drove that much I did that I played these songs and <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, like it's just a nice way to I, yeah keep yourself grounded that was a good way to put it right on okay well we're gonna get into the rapid fire section of the interview so um what album sparked your love of music some 41 all killer no filler <laughs> nice. uh rancid and out come the wolves yeah the kinks uh what's your current musical obsession pile uh the current thing that i'm listening to the most is definitely tortoise i can't stop listening to tortoise specifically standards cool that album is just like so so good the latest record that i've been obsessing with is definitely that uh newest weather station record that song kept it to myself. I like have been listening to on repeat. Very cool. I I have that. I have not listened to it yet. So I'll have to. Burgers or pizza? Pizza. Burgers. Probably pizza. We eat so much pizza. Yeah. But I, that doesn't mean I like it better. Oh, true. Fair. <laughs> yeah. You're right. How do you take your coffee? I don't drink coffee anymore. I don't drink coffee anymore. Just black. What's the best movie you've seen recently? Blade Runner. Probably Blade Runner 2, actually. I haven't seen it yet. I can't think of one. I can't think of a movie recently that's blown my mind. That is fine. You have to see Blade Runner then. I know. (laughs) The cinematographer of Blade Runner said don't see it in 3D. I didn't. Uh, I didn't even know they did it in 3D. Honestly, um, I saw it at the IMAX in West Edmonton Mall oh, here. Wow. Yeah, cool. I, if you can see it in an IMAX, I would recommend that. The sound is pretty. It's so important. Good. I think for yeah. the for the whole. That's such a good idea. Yeah, like that is such a good idea. It's still playing at the IMAX here, but I don't know. You guys are leaving early in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was your favorite childhood toy? Whoa. Game Boy Color with Pokemon Crystal in it. I had a stuffed bear named Jimmy. Uh, it's probably my blanket. I had a blanket I loved. Nice. It got left in Washington State one time, and I like cried my head off. And we got the hotel to ship it back to us. No way. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, alcohol or marijuana? <laughs> That's a funny question. Uh, yeah, Mitch and I don't drink okay. or do drugs. 
Oh, so, so nothing. So nothing. Good yeah. on you guys. But, and I don't do drugs. Uh, that's such a harsh term. Okay, let put this in there, please. <laughs> do drugs is the harshest term for smoking that like okay, there true. is. Like true. I don't smoke weed. Yeah, would be the enough, word I would use. Enough. Don't do drugs. I mean, it sounds like my mom. <laughs> like you did drugs. <laughs> like, uh, no, uh, I don't. I don't smoke weed. So uh, I, I like. I like drinking. I enjoy. I enjoy beer. Cool. What's the best thing to happen to you on stage? The gratification of playing with a talented group of people and playing a set that everyone in the band can agree was very tight. Nice. There's a there's an intense satisfaction that comes from when. We're definitely not a band that enjoys people moshing and stuff like that, I don't think. I think it's really fun to play an incredibly tight set with mm-hmm. an attentive audience. Because, like, a show in Calgary last night, first show with Matt was good. Yeah. Uh, but definitely, like, we have a lot of quiet parts, and it's just lots of people talking over us. Like, yeah, there's yeah. a There's a gratification from playing a very tight set to me, and, like, when the silent parts come in, no one in the room is talking. Yeah. That is, like... That is like my favorite moment. That's funny. As a avid show goer, it's my biggest pet peeve is when people talk through people on stage. You'd hate all our shows. In <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of songs that we've toured for quite a while, we eventually add an element of... Uh, Improvisation. Sorry, mm-hmm. I messed up that word. But um, and so when when we're uh, really comfortable with the song and we're able to let it go longer in some parts and like let it get quieter in some areas and stuff. That's like that's what I really like uh, the most out of at least this group. Cool. Uh, I'm a bass player, so. When you find a really good drummer to play with, yeah, that is very gratifying. I think it's vice versa. Jake will never admit it, but <laughs> he is impeccable. Yeah, and when we are both truly playing together, it is, it is very, very good. Nice. Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> know how to, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but I don't know. It's 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 so gratifying, and I know he, I know he feels it too when yeah. it's when it's happening for both of us because it's, I don't know because we giggle, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it happens. Okay, so uh, what's the worst thing to happen to you on stage then? Whoa! Oh no! <laughs> uh, I got a bloody nose once. That wasn't very fun. Yeah, it was like having to like decide to like put your head up or like put your head down uh yeah we stopped though because yeah. someone thought i was bleeding out and i got cut it was but uh, yeah that was kind of awful yeah felt felt embarrassed even though it's a natural bodily function yeah so but yeah that was probably the worst i remember one time drew and i in in an old band we were, we were on tour and we were playing in Thunder Bay. It's probably not the worst, but it's what comes to mind. And I remember you like jumped off a wall and your headstock of your guitar just smashed my head. Wow. And that really sucked. <laughs> that 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 sucked. But that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know. Oh, actually, I think I know. Uh, my old band was on tour with um, Said the Whale. Yeah. And so the shows were like pretty big. Yeah. And uh, I'm really per- like I'm really particular about like changing my strings every three shows. Like I do not break strings. I'm okay. Very like don't risk it yeah and i restrung before the first show of that tour and uh like third or fourth song of the set my string broke on a fresh set and i was like out of all the times <laughs> like it had to be in front of like and i don't bring a backup guitar because i'm like i'm just on top of it yeah. which is like my bad yeah i'm stupid i should not <laughs> have done that right teaches you a lesson bring a backup guitar yeah what's the strangest job you've ever had Whoa, that's a good question. This is a good interview. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> interviews are sometimes interviews are very boring. Strangest job. Probably for you and I is probably the Jeff Wall job. Oh yeah, that's like not even a job though. Did you get paid? We can get okay, sure. Uh, Ruben and I are the subjects in a photograph that sold for one point five million dollars. What? And we got paid uh, about 13 grand each over the course of two months to work from 11 to 4 every day, just standing for a photograph. Really? Yeah. And, That's wild. Uh, Where can we see this photograph? Uh, it's by a photographer named Jeff Wall. Yeah. And he shot like Iggy Pop and Sonic Youth. Yeah. And uh, it's, if you look up Jeff Wall Band and Crowd. Okay. That's what it is, and you can even watch a documentary on it. No way. <laughs> on uh, whitecube.ca or something like that. It's like a very like weird, like uh, fell into our laps. He, this photographer is from Vancouver. Yeah. Saw our old band uh, in a photo, mm-hmm. and the concept of the photo that he wanted to do was a band playing to it very large venue that only had like 16 or 17 people in the crowd yeah and uh so all of our friends were in the crowd and uh yeah it was just a wild that's the weirdest job that's we the ever weirdest had job. for sure like, cool. I've, I've had weird jobs but yeah that definitely tops it yeah Mitchell? Well, I can't say anything now. Nothing <laughs> <laughs> that weird. <laughs> I work at a menswear store that lets me get, come and go whenever we tour and always invites me back. That's pretty weird. Yeah, like, that's weird. <laughs> Beatles or the Stones? Beatles. 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 What was your first car? My mom's Toyota Camry that I inherited. 81 Buick Century. 2004 Toyota Matrix. You just bought it. That's your first car. I just got it. It's my first car. Good for you. Wow. What's the best Canadian city to play? Oh, shit. Okay. None of us can answer this. No. No. Because every city has a specific charm to it, and there are avenues to it that there's no way. Because Edmonton has one of the best promoters in the country. Yeah. Saskatoon has one of our favorite bands and one of our best friends. Winnipeg has an intensely solid community of people. Toronto, we have a good community of people. Like, right now, right now all I'm hearing my is like my mom saying, "I don't have a favorite child. I love you all the same." <laughs> no. No, I'm not I'm I mean if if you really like gun to my head made me choose I guess my favorite place to play in Canada right now is Winnipeg. 
I love Winnipeg. Yeah. It's like nice. Even like our last tour was just under ten weeks and Winnipeg was like the fourth last show. Yeah. And even even after all that fatigue, it was still fun. Nice. Like it's still yeah. it's still a good vibe. Yeah. The people are great. Yeah. Winnipeg. Who knew? <laughs> all right, I'll follow that up with what's the worst Canadian city to play? Edson, Alberta. <laughs> whoa, whoa, you've played in Edson? Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, I could that. have told you to never do that. Right? <laughs> Maybe Hinton, too. Hinton was pretty bad. <laughs> oh, yikes. Okay. What's your biggest pet peeve? Like in life? <laughs> sure. <laughs> or can we just like apply it to anything? You don't like chewing. I. F- I f- drives me up the <laughs> fucking wall just like that there you go yeah, like literally like but I, the thing is i don't want to make anyone else in the band self-conscious just chew your food let me handle my i appreciate i appreciate getting called out when i'm like chewing something like that like, yeah it's like mouth open just like it's like you gotta, what are you doing i'm a farm animal I yeah. <laughs> you gotta be hating right now because we're all sick and oh. have like stuffed up noses so we have to you breathe guys, through our mouths as we chew. You guys were all eating yesterday bread, and I was just like dying inside. <laughs> I was like, I hate this. It's so bad. It's a out of out of all the pet peeves to have. It's not a bad one. No. I'm curious to hear these guys though. Extreme irrationality really bugs me. Like if if especially like being in a band and being five guys traveling. Yeah. Like. If you're making a decision just for yourself and like not thinking about how everyone in the band has to deal with that, obviously there's some times where you gotta do that. Yeah. But if it's a time where we don't have to do it and someone's doing that, that's like can really drive me up the wall. But I'm bad. I'm a person that keeps it in and doesn't tell anyone. So <laughs> it just builds up. Yeah. <laughs> uh pretty easy going i feel like you know i'm 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 a loud chewing irrational person (laughs) 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 all right uh we'll get into the final ones here they get a little bit more interesting okay if you could hang out with any musician dead or alive okay who would it be there's so many so i'm just gonna name one but it's not my like top of the list fair enough i'd love to hang out with john congleton and he's the guy who produced like saint vincent and uh he did some work with angel olsen i think and he did the latest soons record and Mm -hmm. he's a producer down in texas yeah and i would love to just spend some time going picking over what he thinks is like good production and good recording and he'd be a good guy i think it would just be like only helpful to one person to talk to each other but yeah i think usually this scenario that's kind of pupil in the teacher yeah uh, hanging out down, down the, the street. street same old thing we did last week did cheap trick sing that song yeah i'll say cheap trick uh, oh hanging out down the street that's no. big star oh that's big star. oh big star then big star uh I don't know. I'd really like to hang out with Radiohead's accountant. I've thought about that a lot. <laughs> You're gonna have to elaborate. Uh, they're just really good at like making businesses and sub businesses. Uh, there was an article released a couple of years ago about like um, how they how they spend how they move their money between their band. Yeah. And like to like make sure they have 
enough money so that they can live. Obviously, they're in a situation now where they don't have to worry about it. But when they're in a situation where they had to worry about it yeah. and stuff like that, it's just like how they moved their money so that they ha- they were able to live. And if anything happened, they had money outside of like certain certain businesses. So like they like made all of their records a business within yeah. like a, a business that is Radiohead and stuff like that. So I feel like he'd be a really interesting guy to talk to because he'd have he'd talk to them, so he'd have some of their experience as well as like yeah. behind the scenes experience with them and stuff like that. So I feel like he'd be an interesting guy to sit down with. He's not my number one or anything. He's yeah, just yeah. the guy that I've been thinking about recently that I'd cool. like to sit down with. Cool. Honestly, it wouldn't be Big Star. I don't know who it would be. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> if you just found out you were the last person alive on Earth, what's the first thing you'd do? Whoa. Cry really hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'd probably have an emotional breakdown. <laughs> Truth, honest? Yeah. I'd probably join the party. Like, I'd probably... Yeah. I'd probably just... That's most common answer. That yeah. is definitely the most common answer. I have no idea. I would just cry. I'd I would... They would definitely, like... Everyone you know is gone. There would definitely be an emotional release. Yeah. yeah, there would definitely just be like a moment of a kind of break. I feel like where you would just experience some kind of intense thing that you could never describe. Like this is almost kind of like if you really dig into it, kind of like this Lovecraftian horror that yeah, <laughs> that I you're get, imagining. I would get like this false idea that like. I'm the only one here for a reason, <laughs> and even though it's probably there's probably no reason, I I would that would probably get built up in my head, and yeah. that would stop me from offing myself for a while. But then I might join the party. Yeah, yeah. you would maybe develop some weird messiah complex over time. Yeah, <laughs> like you would just be like a monster, but yeah. no, one, it wouldn't matter. Yeah, you're so lonely. But yeah, no one. If you became a monster, who would be there to judge you? Could you be a monster if there was nobody there to judge you? I would yeah. go straight to Area 51. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Well, that is it. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> thank you so much for coming in to join me on the Cups and Cakes podcast. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah. Thank uh, best you. of luck on the rest of your tour. And when everyone Cheers. sees this thing cut down to 55 minutes, just know it was two and a half hours. Yeah. Right on. That's it, fellas. Awesome. Sweet. Bye. And now, dear listener, we will leave you with a track off of the Cups and Cakes number one EP of 2017 from Blessed EP2. This is Headache.
Cups and Cakes Presents is produced by Jeff McCallum. The feature track was played with permission from Blessed. Undercurrents from Atlantis Jazz Ensemble's album Oceanic Suite is the background music throughout the entire episode. Oceanic Suite is available through Ottawa's Marlowe Records. Find out more at MarlowRecords.com. Inside the Art Studio is the second podcast from Cups and Cakes. To hear the original and learn more, go to CupsAndCakesPod.com. That's Cups, the letter N, CakesPod.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.